Black lives matter. They've always mattered. We love hosting this podcast, but this is our time to listen, not talk. On this episode, Adventure Nannies On Air is featuring Black leaders from the nanny community and other industries. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies On Air. This is Shenandoah, and I just wanted to leave a little note about everything that's going on before we launch into this week's episode. Over the last couple months, Brandy and I have taken a break from hosting the podcast and turned the microphone over to Danielle Sadler, who's our director of communications here. And she's been having conversations with black industry leaders and members of the nannying community. We thought it was really important to take a break and listen and learn and be quiet and amplify melanated voices and hopefully introduce all of you to some really amazing people in the nanny community. Unfortunately, this week, Danielle is in the hospital recovering from a surgery, and so I'm stepping in, but she will be back. And please just send all of the good vibes and thoughts and prayers and feelings and everything you got over to Danielle Sadler for us. More than ever, families and nannies are recognizing the need to surround themselves with people who can relate to what they're going through right now, who come from similar cultural backgrounds, who are starting from the same page. And so today we are very excited to be talking to Dr. Irene Obika, who has founded an amazing website called afrinanny.com. And it is a childcare platform where families of black children can find childcare providers with culturally relevant experience. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Irene Obika, who is the founder of Afrinanny. Dr. Irene, I would love to hear, um, I had a chance to look through your history. You know, a lot of people in this industry who start an agency um, or a childcare website are nannies <laughs> first. How do you go from being a psychiatric nurse practitioner into entrepreneurship um, and launching a childcare website like Afrinanny? Uh, thank you so much for having me today. I really <laughs> appreciate the the time given to discuss such an important topic. com is an online marketplace where families of black children can locate child care providers who have culturally relevant experience. So I'll bring you back to November of 2019. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was living in Dallas, Texas, and I was working as a psychiatric nurse practitioner and my husband traveled a lot for work. We have a three and a half year old and a 16 month old child. So much of the rearing of the kids fell on my shoulders like it does Mm -hmm. for most women. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and most of my family is still there and scattered about uh, throughout the United States. So I found myself really needing help raising my children, not because I'm unable to raise my kids. It's just that Uh I needed assistance. And I'm able to, I was able to understand when my stress levels were getting elevated. And Mm -hmm. so what I did that night, I went online to the various um, childcare websites and various childcare agencies that are commonly used throughout the United States. Uh And to my dismay, I couldn't really find any 
representation of people that look like my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did see them there, but the images presented almost made it seem as if someone that looked like me or my children weren't worthy of care. And so as, as I was digging deeper into the website, I noticed that, um, there was just a lack of representation for, um, for black children across the diaspora. And when I say that, I know earlier I said that I was raised in New Orleans, but my parents migrated to Nigeria in the early 80s. And so I still hold a lot of those cultural and traditional values near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I wanted imparted in my children. So rather than getting upset or writing an email or going on Facebook and complaining mm-hmm. about the lack of representation and how my needs weren't being met, I decided to create AfriNanny.com because I knew if I was having this problem, there must be other parents in my shoes that were having that problem as well. Mm-hmm. So within my, uh, my circle of friends and my community, I asked the question, hey, if this resource was out here, would it be something that you would find useful? And to my surprise, hundreds of people hopped on in and told me, yes, we need something like this. This is very important for, for our family. That's an amazing story. Oh, I, I mean, the beginning was hard to hear, but like, what an incredible what an incredible kind of origin story for a business. Yeah. And why, I mean, you know, there's clearly such a need for it. You already have, you know, a waiting list. You haven't fully launched it, but it's happening very soon. Um, What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from other families as to, you know, why they're prioritizing having a caregiver that comes from their racial or ethnic background? Well, you know, given all of the, racial issues going on today in our country, a lot of families prefer to expose their child to someone who Mm -hmm. understands the different levels of trauma that occur in a black child's life. I'll give you an example. Just my growing up in New Orleans, Louisiana, being the, the daughter of immigrants and wearing my hair in a certain kind of way, wearing my traditional ethnic clothing, that wasn't always accepted. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of teasing and booming and low self-esteem came with the way I presented to the world. And even though that was uh, over 20 years ago, we're still seeing those issues in our children now. And being a mental health provider, I know intimately the the anxiety, the depression, the devastation that that can cause a child at an early age. So it's very important that children are exposed to people who understand their culture and they are able to equip them and help bring up their self-esteem in a very positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just, you know, there's been a lot of talk recently in the nanny industry, you know, around the Black Lives Matter movement. And a lot of white folks like me have a lot of learning and unlearning and sort of catching up to do now. But but there, you know, there's such a lack of diversity in 
you know, in the books that we share with kids, in the media, just in the, you know, in these people who we sort of lift up to, to become role models. And so, you know, to me, like even it makes sense that having, you know, having a nanny who is from the same background, from the same culture, and having that be your sort of role model figure and other person who's providing a level of parenting could just make such a huge difference. Right, and believe it or not, we're getting nannies of all backgrounds that are interested in joining the platform because they find it interesting that uh, our specialized population is so underserved. And we mm-hmm. accept all races, all religions, we accept everyone. Actually, um, recently I met with a Caucasian couple, beautiful couple in Texas, and they adopted a newborn black girl. And so they heard of AfriNanny.com, they wanted to meet with me, and they were thanking me for creating such a platform because being from such a different background and now stepping into the life of a black child, they had no idea the lack of representation in children's books mm-hmm. and um, movies and cartoons and in the childcare industry. And so they were very excited to hear about AfriNanny.com because it brings a sense of mental peace for them too. So it's not just um, black families per se, Mm-hmm. love what we're doing. <laughs> it's people who have intimate knowledge of black children. Oh, that's amazing. And what are, I mean, I think it's, it's really interesting and amazing that you've, you've already accumulated so many nannies, you know, not only BIPOC nannies, but nannies who are interested in learning more about other cultures and trying to actively seek out a family who is coming from a different culture to work with. What are some of the challenges that, you know, the black children face that may not be, you know, immediately apparent to a nanny that's white or to white parents? I think we talked a little bit about it earlier in the conversation, just lack Mm -hmm. of representation in movies and TV programming in children's books, in Barbie dolls, it's just hard as a child to never see yourself in everyday life. And when you do see yourself, a lot of times it's in a negative light. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many images being pushed to children at uh, very young ages. And people, uh, Black people in particularly, aren't seen in such a positive light if you would just listen to music and look at what you see on television. Mm-hmm. That really has a, a negative impact on a child's uh, self-esteem if they don't have those positive influences from the home, from their caregiver, from teachers, from clergymen at church being mm-hmm. um, the counterforce to the negativity that they receive on a daily basis. Yes. And then, you know, on the other side of that, um, there's been kind of an an amazing ongoing series of videos called Nanny While Black um, that uh, a nanny in Texas, Stephanie Balcom, has started. Yes, Um, I know her. She's doing amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. But, you know, hearing some of the stories that nannies have shared, 
of carrying notes from their employers when they're taking the kids for a walk through the neighborhood in case they get stopped by the police or someone who doesn't think that they should be in the neighborhood or having a key to let themselves into the employer's homes, being concerned that a nanny is going to call the cops on them. And all of these feelings of having, you know, having people almost without thinking of it, just projecting that you, like, you're not in the right place, you don't belong here. Sometimes without even realizing what they're doing. And we we run a nanny agency, a lot of our clients... <laughs> are white, people come from all different backgrounds, but it, it's been a big learning process for a lot of these nanny employers who aren't black to to understand or be brave enough to ask their nanny about what these experiences are and how the family needs to be aware of them um, and to you know and to protect them or create an environment where they're even just going to feel safe and comfortable coming to and from work. Yes, definitely. Um, unfortunately, those stories are all all too real for Black people, not just caregivers, but in almost every profession. And as I'm getting my hands into the industry more and I'm coming across Black nannies and babysitters, mm-hmm. they're sharing some of the most heartbreaking stories with me about how they are being treated um, while on the job. And so many of them are thanking me for creating kind of a safe space where they Mm -hmm. feel that um, they'll be able to to get a job as well as be respected for how how they present themselves to the world. Um, I think we have a long way to go in the industry, but I'm glad these Mm -hmm. conversations are happening. And even with AfriNanny.com, we are working with different enterprises to do educational workshops with agencies who are interested on how to have the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. What do you say? How do you say it? Um, and just uh, educating, because I can imagine if I was, you know, a Caucasian woman, I wouldn't know a thing about <laughs> what a black family or a black woman experiences on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I I just wouldn't. That's just fair to say. And so if we do create these these workshops and these safe spaces where we can just have some real education and real conversations, I think that will take our industry on a, a better path. Absolutely. I know I watched I watched some of your um, Ask the Nanny video with Angela Johnson, um, which I loved, and so and so I have, you know, I have a peek under the under the hood of what the Afri Nanny process is. But what does it? What is the sort of vetting process for families? Um, because I know that's something that nannies have been bringing up a lot over the last few months as these stories have started to come out. Sure. So with the families, we ask that um, the family member who initiated an application who's interested in care, they have to be background checked. For the caregivers, they also have to be background checked. Mm -hmm. And they take a safety assessment exam that we created because my um, my, uh, co-founder, he's in New York, Reagan, he's a psychiatric nurse practitioner as well as I am. So we have that medical mental health background there. And we also have a cultural assessment exam 
which gives parents insight on how their caregiver would respond in a scenario that black children often face on a day-to-day basis. And that assessment exam was created not just from my experiences, but patients that I've taken care of over the years and um, colleagues and just, you know, stories that we know intimately. Um, and on the, I have to add, on the cultural assessment exam, there is no right or wrong um, way to answer. But on the safety exam, you do have to make a certain percentage in order to onboard to the next process. Wow. One question, and I, you know, I always try not to assume the worst in people. (laughs) At the same time, I've been running a nanny agency for five years, and I know I am not unique as an agency owner in that we have had families call us or email us saying, we want a Caribbean nanny, we want a Mexican nanny, you know, and just kind of outright have racist requests or discriminatory requests we always try to give the benefit of the doubt and say, can you help me understand why your family wants a Mexican nanny? Sometimes the family says, oh, it's so important to us that our kids learn to speak Spanish. And we can sort of guide them to say, okay, you know, you actually need a Spanish speaking nanny. That is what you were trying to ask for. Um, And we can continue talking now, but there are people who speak Spanish from other countries. But there are also families who say, oh, well, we want a Filipino nanny because they're the hardest workers and they're just so quiet, which, you know, is like a a pretty, the call ends pretty fast. But with the way that Afrinani is set up, how, like, do you have something in place, you know, if families are, you know, sort of trying to use the site, not as it is intended to use, but to do their own version of sort of racial profiling in their nanny search, how do those families sort of get weeded out? So we do have an application process that uh, Mm -hmm. our team, they really pick it apart because uh, we know that those kind of issues happen, those discriminatory Mm -hmm. practices, and we just don't condone any of that sort of stuff on Mm -hmm. Afghani.com. So we have um, a great application team that focuses on weeding people in or weeding them out. Definitely. And so what are, you're getting ready, when is AfriNanny.com officially launching? How close are we now? Uh, We're actually a few weeks away. We are Mm -hmm. crossing our fingers to be ready to go the last week of September. But in the technology space, things do happen. And we really (laughs) want to put out a quality working product for our community. Mm-hmm. So I realize that everyone wants to sign up and function, <laughs> but if you can just hang on tight and enjoy the <laughs> AfriNanny.com that you see now, sign up for um, our newsletter and just get your name in the system so you're up to date on what the the company is doing because we have a lot of great stuff in store. Uh, I'm so excited. Wonderful. I'm so excited too. And, you know, I know it's, I guess a a funny question to ask as the website is getting started to launch, but like, what does, as you get ready for this launch, what does success look like? You know, if we, if we fast forward five years into the future and all your dreams have come true, like what's going on with AfroNanny.com in the year 2025? (laughs) 
I just hope that we continue to grow, not only in the United States, but around the world. And I just want our families to be happy that they're getting culturally relevant care. Yeah, That's my dream. Absolutely. And do you have any, do you have any um, kind of parting words of, of wisdom to share with the many families out there who are seeking childcare right now in this kind of back to school emergency pandemic? Or for nannies who have been unemployed due to this and are, you know, are struggling to find their next role? Sure. Um, I just want to encourage everyone in this stressful time and just let everyone know that we will get through this. And uh, for the parents, just follow your instincts when it comes to allowing someone in your home to take care of your child because that's a very intimate experience to have with someone. And for mm-hmm. the nannies and the babysitters, you too, you also follow your instinct. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. So don't go any further and be encouraged. And if you're interested in looking for work at freenanny.com, we, we have tons of things for you to do. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Irene. Um, and the Afrinanny website is up. It's afrinanny.com. Um, and we will be including a link to it in the show notes as well. Um, but we so appreciate you taking the time, and we um, are so excited about your new business. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye!